Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Well, thank you for joining us at Revive the Drive. It's uh, fun to be here with you. We're really thankful that you're listening in, and we are prayerful that this is an encouragement to you and uh, to friends that you would give this to. I'm here with Daniel Bennett and Art Georges, and I'm Rich Burkle, and we're continuing our discussion about heaven. And we've discussed many questions about heaven. We trust that that's been really uh, helpful in thinking about heaven. I know it's been fun for myself, Art and Daniel, to talk about heaven with you guys. Um, uh, I want to ask a question that uh, many people often think about when they think about heaven, and and that is, uh, it relates to the the question, what's heaven like? Uh, Will heaven be like uh, earth in any way? Will there be nature? Will there be trees and rivers and oceans and and whatnot? What what do you think about uh, the description of heaven as you understand it from Scripture? Well, in in Revelation 21, Mm -hmm. there's a, a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the, and the sea was no more. And uh, so, and, and, and as you go through Revelation, as you go through, uh, especially the, the end of Revelation, you see a lot of parallels with the beginning of, of Genesis. And uh, and as we describe, you know, as, as some of the elements of, of the the new heaven and new earth are described, it seems clear that there will be nature. There there will be uh, a, a new created realm, and. Uh, as Paul mentions, how uh, the, the creation uh, yearns for 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 redemption, for the effects of sin to be done away with, and now there'll be a new created realm that that uh, I think in many ways is hard for us to understand because death is such a natural part of this uh, this nature's uh, cycle, and so you know a, a nature where where death is removed, it's it's going to be pretty phenomenal. Yeah, again, in Revelation 22, uh, it talks about um, rivers and trees and uh, just a a very material um, existence with uh, these uh, different um, uh, aspects of of the temple, um, the the city of God, which was all of these um, great, um, and I can't even think of what the word is, the... uh, um, uh, natural elements that God makes them out out of, and so uh, we do see that. And and also we think now that uh, we we so enjoy the nature that God has placed us in, and it's filled with so much beauty. And we would have a hard time thinking that it wouldn't even be improved upon without sin. We know that the creation has been subjected to futility through our own sin through the fall, and so it's going to be liberated from that. And so liberation means that it's going to be uh, having that aspect of the sinful condition removed even from the very nature. Yeah. Um, you know, when in eternity past, God existed as triune, uh, completely sufficient and happy in himself. He is and always uh, has been and always will be the happy God. Uh, he didn't create uh, in order to... Uh, satisfy some specific need in his own 
personal life. No emptiness right? or anything like that. Um, in his own eternal personal being. Um, and, and yet, uh, at a point in time, after an attorney passed, taking counsel with himself about what's going to be, he spoke and the world created, the world came into being so that everything that is is created by God. And in that story in Genesis, and Art, you were exactly right, and, and Daniel too, to, to, to see how the beginning of the Bible connects to the end of the Bible, how Genesis connects to Revelation. There's so many parallels between that last ending of Revelation and the very beginning of Genesis. And he said at, at the end of that creation, he says he saw that it was very good, right? Mm. He saw it was good, very good. And um, so I, I think it's right to uh, say, what did God say was very good at the beginning of his creation before sin ruined it? And consider that that's going to be very much like the way it's going to be at the end of, mm-hmm. of creation when God brings everything to a culmination because it's it's very good. And and some of those signs that that's true are, are given to us in Revelation as, as well as some of the pictures of even the millennial kingdom life on earth uh, as, as we know it. You know, it's, what's, there is a question that uh, – I don't know if you guys have any insi- insight in this, um, but uh, it's a question my wife Kimberly was asking the other day and didn't have an answer for. I don't know if, if – are there any questions that your wives ask you that you don't have answers for? Um, <laughs> Why didn't you take the trash out? <laughs> right. You know, Kimberly is a person who <laughs> – that we acknowledge. Yeah, the, Kimberly's a person who loves the ocean. She loves, you know, the, the beach. You know, I'm, I'm more of an inside person. Um, but uh, – the very one of the very first descriptions in Revelation twenty one is how the first heaven, first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Mm. Now we know there's a river, but do you, do you think there's going to be a sea in heaven? It seems like there's not a sea, right? Well, you know, and I was just teaching through your notes in systematic theology, and in parentheses you had there nations, um, uh-huh. and and I think that's a pretty good read on it that yeah. there no longer be the rebellious nations, rather yeah. not just nations, because there will be a distinction. Uh, in ethnic groups and in the millennial reign anyway. But I, I don't know. And I told people the other night, uh, if you enjoy water sports, I don't think that uh, necessarily that might be uh, withheld from you in the, you know, in the eternal There's a glassy kingdom. sea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And th- there has to be certainly water sources. I think there is. We go on the base of the river. Right. So just um, to clarify what I said in case anyone's confused, <laughs> um, oftentimes the seas – in the Old Testament, the Psalms are a picture of the rebellious nations. And when it refers to that in Revelation, it may very well be referring to the fact that there'll no longer be this sea of humanity that rebels against the Lord. Yeah. As opposed to not having a, a literal sea. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, one of the. I, I appreciate much of what Randy Alcorn has written in his book uh, titled Heaven. And there are a number of, of good books um, that we would commend to you uh, as you think more about this. John MacArthur wrote a great book on heaven as well. Uh, Alcorn's and MacArthur's uh, are, books are different in a lot of ways. Uh, MacArthur's going to be much more tied to the Scripture, much more safe, I guess I would say. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I appreciate it for that reason. Uh, Alcorn, again, takes Scripture and he, he applies uh, what I consider imagination. I don't think that's wrong, no, though, and it, no. it's helpful to me to think, and he, but yet it causes me to maybe disagree with the more uh, 
quite a bit more than I would with MacArthur on some of his conclusions. But but um, one of the things that I think he's right about, and I, I, I don't remember the exact phrase, but something effect that, that heaven is going to be a lot more like earth than we ever thought right. it yeah. would possibly be. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think he draws a lot of the descriptions that are of the millennial kingdom into his view of heaven, and yet I still think he's he's right. I don't think the the new heaven and the new earth are called exactly that. Right, right. That they're new heaven and a new earth. That it's not it's not completely disconnected from what already was. Uh, that there's a lot of continuity, just as there's continuity between our physical bodies with our eternal bodies. There's continuity between this present earth and this new earth that God that God has for us. Right. So we uh we're talking about nature. Now, you know, here's a related question that I'm sure some people have probably been listening through uh three three sessions just to get to this question. What what about my dog or what about my cat? You know, I I had a a dog when I was a child. We called it uh Ben Call it Ben Dog to distinguish it from my neighbor Ben Boy, but uh, you know is is Ben Dog who's who's gone the way of animals? Uh, is he going to be in heaven? Yeah, and, and before we answer this, perhaps we should have a disclaimer to moms and dads <laughs> that uh, the content may not be suitable for children, <laughs> which gives a little bit of an indication of where we're headed. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a funny story uh, that my brother told me just the, the other day. Um, a few years ago, he was. Um, in uh, the church that he was pastoring at the time, and he was asked to speak at Awana uh, with little children. And one of these little boys uh, raised his hand, he had kind of tears in his eyes as, as he asked this question, you know, will, will my dog be in heaven? Use your, use your little boy voice with the Pasta, tears. Pasta, Pasta, Pasta will, Scott. Will, will my dog be in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Scott Scott was wanting to you know set the theological record straight. He says he says no, he will not be in heaven. Next question. And neither will any of your toys. <laughs> right. I know Scott. I don't think he could have been that cold and calculated. Well, well, he he likes to he likes to add at the end of that story that he was not asked to speak at Iwana ever again. <laughs> so 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 we and we we did talk about you know. Do we answer this question? Because really, first, there's a theological answer to that that um, that I think is 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 very clear in Scripture, um, and that's what Revive the Drive is about: it's theological conversations. Um, mm-hmm. The theological uh, truth is that only man has God breathed into him mm-hmm. a living soul and created in his image and so so the animal kingdom is not to uh is not is not created to live eternally right. um and if it were then it would pose all kinds of problems for us you know is it on the basis of our love for them that in other words there's some animals we eat <laughs> right. It's will joy. Awkward reunion will in they will right. they be in heaven? Will they be staring at us? I'd like to heaven. enjoy that cow again. <laughs> oh, that's another so, topic. So, but it's it's so. it's important uh, as we think about kids, even in answering that question. You want to do it gently, but yeah. I think there is, uh, you know, because we've talked before about you know, how much do you tell a kid. Yeah. I think it is important for a child to know there's something unique about you. And there's yeah. something unique about being made in the image of God mm-hmm. that isn't true of the animal kingdom, and and so yeah. thinking of ways to articulate that in a in a, yeah. in a helpful but theologically accurate yeah. way. It's it, yeah. There's a pastoral uh, shepherding uh, 
way to answer that question too. You know, and I actually had um, a, a woman early when I came to Bethany, um, you know, eighteen, nineteen years ago, who was a very lonely widow. Her uh, her children didn't care for her. Um, she was only mildly connected to to some people in the church. She she didn't really get deeply involved in relationships, and she had this parrot. Uh, that really was her family. It was. Mm-hmm. It was, and and you know we know that animals can take that emotional place in our heart as a, as a family member does. And she she asked me, you know, when her parent died, and she was again close to eighty herself this time, you know, with tears. She asked me if this parrot was going to be in heaven, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know at the time, and and I think I still would would answer this question rightly. I, I wanted to answer this question, but not didn't feel like the 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 uh, the uh, the truth about um, this animal soul was really the question she was asking. Does that make sense? That, yeah. that and that's not what she really needed to hear. Right. She needed to hear that God loved her, and that God was going to take care of her, and that her future was going to be happy with God. Yeah. And so that's how I kind of avoided the question. I didn't answer the question. I just talked about her future in heaven and the joy that's going to be there, mm. and of her connection to God. Uh, right now to to get her through that that particular time and and, and again, the basis of that happiness not being anything beyond God in a lot of right. ways too that yeah. that are are would heaven be heaven without God is right the question we've asked before yeah. so. and when you take the conversation about animals uh, pets being in heaven uh, back to God uh, I think it's important for us to see how much God loves us now that He would give us these wonderful relationships with the animal kingdom with pets. Yeah. And and that's God's grace to us uh, to have. I, I tend to find that my pets take on uh, the personality that I impose on them. In fact, and 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 so I'm a cat lover. I I ruin my cats because they become less than the stereotypical cat. They become a person in the family. You've just uh, turned off half our audience here. <laughs> well, our, the other yeah, half I've we turned got the on. Cat lovers and the dog lovers. <laughs> that's right. So. We love all animals. That's a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and so, okay, we've talked about animals. Now let's consider what our bodies – we haven't talked about what our bodies will be like in that realm. Uh, will we have bodies? And if so, what will they be like? Yeah, we, we know that we're going to have physical bodies and, and whether or not you know what our physical bodies look like in the intermediate state as between you know, say a person dies now and in the time of the resurrection what what type of body their spirit inhabits i think is unclear in scripture uh we know that we were made to to be with a, a physical body but we know there's going to be a resurrection where we have these resurrected bodies and so we live in in real and physical ways how do we know that i mean is, is christ our example in that sense yeah, that and, and 1 Corinthians 15, an entire chapter is is uh, devoted by the Apostle Paul to this truth that we will physically rise from the dead. Um, and uh, one of the reasons why we as believers honor the body in, in, um, at funerals is because we believe that the rescue of God uh, provided for us in Christ— 
is not only a rescue of our soul, but it's also a rescue of our bodies, that these bodies of ours will be redeemed, that sin won't claim even our bodies. And it, it looks that, that way when a person dies and then is put into mm-hmm. a, a tomb and their bodies begin to decay. It looks like, well, sin won, at least with the body. Right. Maybe their soul's in heaven, but sin got the body. Well, no, sin doesn't have the body. It, it, it's That's a temporary state that ultimately will be remedied when Jesus returns in the air, Mm -hmm. and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then those of us who are alive and remain will rise with them, and together we'll be with the Lord forever, 1 Thessalonians 4 says, and and we'll have these new bodies. And and Paul likens the the difference between those two bodies to the difference between a a seed of corn Mm – and the plant of corn, you know, a seed and uh, and the plant. And, you know, when you look at a plant, let's, uh, whether it's a corn or whether it's an apple tree, um, you look at an apple tree and then you look at an apple seed and you would no, not make any connection between the two because they That's are right. so different. And yet – they, there's such continuity between the two. And I right. think that's the way right. it is with our bodies. That's our good. imagination can't possibly begin to fathom how wonderful, perfect, beautiful, excellent these new bodies of ours are going to be because our present body, it's like the apple seed. Right. The new body, it's like the apple tree. Yep. So many are disenchanted perhaps with uh, their bodies uh, and would want an extreme makeover and know that they will get that uh, in heaven. What about gender? Is there a difference uh, – uh, do we do we retain our status as male or female in the heavenly realm? Yeah, and and with that, you know, will there be fam? If there is gender, will will husbands be husbands in in the kingdom in heaven? Wives be wives? Will there be family relationships? You know that we know now. Yeah, I, I appreciated what Alcorn had to say about that. Um, you know, he he said that. Uh, even though Scripture indicates that we will not marry nor be given in marriage, so uh, marriage will no longer be our lot in heaven, we'll still have that special relationship with our loved ones, our parents, our spouses, and uh, and I would liken that to say that you know, even as I love my wife now, I'll love her in even a more pure and selfless way for all of eternity. Yeah. You know, the the passage that you're alluding to is Matthew 22, uh, where, um, again, the the question is asked, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? And the Sadducees, you know, who didn't believe in the resurrection, uh, had told the story about it, um, a woman who was married to a man, and then he died, and she married her brother, and then he died and married her brother, and, and until I believe there are seven husbands, and they all die. So then they ask, well, so whose husband will she be in the— or whose wife will she be in the resurrection? Uh, Who will be her husband? And they were kind of mocking the idea that there's a resurrection by saying, well, see how ridiculous this is. You know, it obviously puts um, such a a ridiculous dilemma for the person who's resurrected that, of course, there's not. And and Jesus, you know, his reply was, um, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And so that's the that's the passage that you were kind of alluding to, indicating it doesn't indicate that there's not gender even. Right. It indicates there's not there's not marriage that people won't be marrying and being given in marriage. But your point, I think, is really important that our love for our wives uh, or our wives' love for their husbands will not be diminished by heaven. 
it will be exponentially increased. Right. So the joy we have in that relationship, we don't want to think that it will be somehow less than just because there's not – and that's hard for actually me even to fathom. Sure. How can I find as much joy in my wife Kimberly – uh, not being married to her than being married to her. It's, I thought you were going to say not being fan. married to me. How can she? How, can she, how right. would she be happy well, for all eternity? Well, that that's where I was going, but I wanted to be a little more humble about things. <laughs> you but. wanted us to bring it up. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously, you. you know, as we think about joy in heaven, uh, you know, the, the related question that gets asked regarding this is is what about that the physical aspect of of being uh, in a relation in a marriage relationship? And if and if uh, that's not present in heaven. Uh, will we be able to enjoy heaven to its fullest? And sure. I like what C.S. Lewis and I don't I don't have the exact quote in front of me, and I don't remember exactly how he said, but I think he he likened it to a, a child playing in the mud and being told that he's going to go on holiday to the beach, and he asks, "Well, is there going to be mud there?" Well, no. Well, I don't know how this is going to be fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so you know, the same is well, if there isn't this, if there isn't this marriage relationship in heaven, uh, you know. You know, you could write books think, from extrapolations I, actually, of C.S. Lewis. I think the C.S. Lewis story, he used the word chocolate, though. Chocolate. <laughs> I think he used chocolate. So he's so mud I, and other things, which here, I think is a better analogy. He said it's were, like being offered a holiday at the sea and being content with making mud pies in a slum. I think I got closer to it. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> now, I think with it. You know, I think C.S. Lewis has done a couple analogies. He might have. Yeah, the, the one Art was referring to is the mud pie, but that's, but he did that's he what did I was talk uh, about. Well, let me let me let me read it to you. I have it in. in the yeah, let's, here. let's hear it. I think our present outlook might be that of a small boy who, on being told that the sexual act was the highest bodily pleasure, should immediately ask whether you ate chocolates at the same time. On receiving the answer no, he might regard the absence of chocolates as the chief characteristic of sexuality. In vain would you tell them that the reason why lovers in their carnal raptures don't bother about chocolate is that they have something better to think of. The boy knows chocolate. He doesn't know the positive thing that excludes it. We are in the same possession position. We know the, the sexual life. We do not know, except in glimpses, the other thing, which in heaven will leave no room for it. And I think that's the kind of it's idea. a little better worded. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of idea that, that we can't imagine how right. good heaven's going to be like, but it's going to be much better. Right. right, right, exactly. I've only read C.S. Lewis's two sentences from him, and you guys have exhausted them. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. We hope that this has been encouraging to you as we've, we've talked about heaven and uh, some different aspects of it, and we pray that uh, – Your joy would increase as you look forward to the hope of heaven and eternal life.